Welcome to Falcons Drip, your go-to source for Falcons news and draft coverage. I'm Thon Ray, founder and voice of Falcons Drip. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Falcons Drip Radio. Today I'm just joined by Jeff. Ferg was feeling a little under the weather, so we had to kind of leave him in the dust. We're going to go over the preseason game. We're going to talk about just kind of some injuries that have been happening. We're going to talk about what to we're we're looking forward to against Miami, but what a game. I mean, we, we lost 23-3, to and but it's not time to panic. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit. Jeff, what's going on as far as Falcons news? Falcons news, well, we do have a couple injuries. Uh, we have Davidson. Marlon Davidson's not going to be traveling to Miami. John Kaminsky's also hurt. And Sheffield, Kendall Sheffield is, is hurt as well. But we did have some good news. Olison is back. Uh, as well as Tra- Austin Trammell. So hopefully we'll get to see a little bit of them this week and mm. get a better idea of what they look like. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Quadri Olison come back. And uh, just he's reported to be RB2, and I, ho- I hope we get to see him play as such in this upcoming game. Before we kind of dive into that, though, what did you think of the game we watched? The game we watched was encouraging for the defensive side of the ball. I you could definitely it definitely had a different energy than we we've gotten accustomed to seeing from Atlanta. They went out there and they hit, they ran. I mean, we got pressure on the quarterback for first time in feels like years. I mean, it was it was very encouraging on the defensive side. Definitely. And I want to I want to take this time to to tell everybody if, if you haven't heard me say it on Instagram or other social media yet. It's it's relax. We're in a preseason game. There was a lot of good stuff happening. You know, when you get a new coordinator, new offense, new players and everybody's kind of trying to mesh and groove and jive, it can take a little bit to get going. So not time to panic yet. Um, I know the offense was a little stale, and also too, it's our backups. Um, it's really more about evaluation and kind of determining who is and isn't going to be on the roster. Yeah, but still a little bit. The offense we need to see a little bit more. I mean, the offensive line, yeah, was dreadful. So this is what I'm going to say as far as panicking. If we're planning on going into the season with Josh Andrews as our starting left guard, panic because we are in trouble. Y- you could start a handful of guys over him, and I feel like you'd get at least as good, if not better, production from, I mean, Dahlman has to be better. I I would even risk Newsel. Newsel played pretty well. Mm -hmm. He was one of the lone bright spots on Friday. That's one of the things that I'd written down is, like, the interior offensive line looked atrocious. The worst part about the whole thing is Josh Andrews is supposed to be our starter, and he was going up up against twos and threes and looked hellacious. On a team that isn't known for having a pass rush. I mean, yeah. the Titans are almost as bad as the Falcons at getting a pass rush in the mm. past few years. Yeah, and they are cutting through that line like cheddar cheese. Yeah, they certainly weren't having much trouble. So if we can't figure out that that left guard, you know, again, we didn't have the starters, so Jake Matthews, Chris Lindstrom, Hennessy, Kalen McGarry, none of those guys played. So it's not too much of a panic. You worry a little bit about depth, but – like I said, Josh Andrews is supposed to be a starter, and he was struggling. Really liked what we saw from Newsel. He was one of the lone bright spots, I felt like, from the interior offensive line. Uh, PFF rated uh, Sam Jones playing pretty well, but I'm not really – I didn't see it when I was watching it. To me, it looked like he was struggling out there. 
Yeah, and it it could be too that the whole rest of the line struggling so much that he he looks worse mm-hmm. as well. But I, yeah. I agree with you. I didn't see as much from him as as I guess Pro Football Focus did. Like yeah. like I said, Newsel impressed me just like you said, and I'd like to see him get uh, higher team reps. Yeah, maybe because he played mainly against the threes. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to see him get some twos and yeah, and see if he can hold up there. Yeah. You you worry a little bit about Newsel just his size, but you know, I, and I've said this before. I really like his. He's got a dog mentality. He's a technician. He's you know he's somebody who I really liked coming into the season, and I hope we get to see him a little more also. And if at this point though Newsel isn't ready to to step in and be our starting left guard, in my opinion. So with Josh Andrews being scary, you really hope now McGarry's back, and he's been getting reps with the first team this week. So. Yep. McGarry's getting first team reps. And then you really hope that Mayfield is now officially bumped inside. He's getting second team reps with the left guard and third team reps at right tackle. But you hope he can surpass Josh Andrews. And if he can't, we got to go get somebody because we're that left guard has been an issue for us for the last couple of years. And speaking of that, they might be looking for somebody because they overcut this week. Mm-hmm. They only had to cut five guys and they cut six which says we're opening up another spot for somebody. Yeah. We didn't talk about the cuts yet, but they got rid of a few guys. Yeah, they got rid of uh, George Obina this week. They also got rid of uh, Bryce Hargrove. Those are the two most recent, which everyone expected them to cut one guy, but they cut two because they cut four guys last week, which were Jamon Moore, uh, John Atkins, Marcus Murphy, and William Sweet. And you kind of knew that Marcus Murphy was on his way out after getting the roughing the kicker penalty, which, you know, he went from a field goal to a touchdown after that play. So, and he really didn't, he didn't play very particularly well. And then George O'Bena getting cut for me was just, you know, that was a crusher. I thought, I loved what I saw from O'Bena. Um, I loved his college tape. I felt, felt like he had, more pass rush moves than a lot of the other guys. And also, too, Sharif Miller, who had a sack. Uh, George Obeno helped set that thing up. So I, I I don't know what we were doing or thinking cutting him. Uh, to me, that was a big disappointment. So um, well, you, I, you, It must be that it's team meetings or practice that he's not putting mm-hmm. in the effort or something. Yeah, I, I don't – I whatever it is, I don't see it. But I, whatever happens, George, I hope – Hope you do great wherever you go. I, I really think there's a place for you in the NFL somewhere. Going back to the game, I really want to talk about more of the offensive side of the ball. And it was awesome to see these pre-snap motions um, that Arthur Smith's implementing. And it was also great to see our running backs a little bit. Javian Hawkins was open a few times in the flat, and I would have liked to see them try and give him the ball a little bit more. I don't think he got targeted one time, um, but it would have been nice to see what he can do in the in the open field. Yeah, and I think part of that is the quarterbacks were staring at the whole defensive line pouring right through half the time. They really struggled, and I think that was really disheartening for a lot of the fans. You, you know, everybody hopes that our backup quarterbacks can be playable if need be, God forbid. But they really just looked pretty bad. The offensive line really did not do a good enough job they didn't give them a fair shake out you know definitely not you can't for both our running backs and our our quarterbacks you really can't as a 
quarterback and running back, you really can't get going if the offensive line is struggling. And in those kinds of situations, you know, a less mobile quarterback, so A.J. McCarron, is going to struggle a lot more than a more mobile quarterback like Felipe Franks. Yeah, at first when I was watching Felipe, I was kind of getting jazzed up because he's moving the ball. He has the 50-yard run. You're like, wow, he's doing great. And then you look at his passing stats, and you're like, oh, <laughs> we <laughs> and, we need you to throw the ball a little bit better. <laughs> in fairness, that he did, they did the receivers did have a couple drops too. Yes, but he still wasn't great, and he did the usual show when he was throwing the ball. Had some flashes of excellence, and had some flashes of um, some not so great throws. But you know, I, I'm not ready. I know everyone's ready to, for AJ McCarron's head, and a lot of Falcons fans are saying, you know, trade AJ McCarron, get rid of AJ McCarron, you know, cut him, but. He didn't get a fair shakeout. Let's see what happens. We got to get that offensive line figured out before we can really know. Okay, can he play or can't he play? Yeah, the offensive line needs needs to get better, and it's his first game in the new offense. Like I'm not going to hold him to a crazy standard right now, but he, as time goes on, he has to get better. We got to talk about too. Like one of the big disappointments of the night, on especially on offense, was. Kyle Pitts ran out, warmed up, suited up, and everyone's like, we're going to see him, we're going to see him, we're going to see him, and then he ended up not playing a single snap. And I think it's good that he didn't, only because when the offensive line's having that much trouble, the quarterback's throwing some ducks, the last thing we need is to him him to get leveled and get hurt or something. Definitely. But when the team's not ready for him to be out there, he's too important I to agree. I agree there. 100%. Like we, I was actually glad that he didn't play, but... I would like to know ahead of time instead of kind of getting excited and like, you know, that's like holding the cookie in front of my face and my mouth. I start to drool and then all of a sudden you pull it away and say, like, ah. they got to put butts in seats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, re- uh, I can't remember. Somebody on Instagram said Kyle Pitts went out there strictly for the Instagram, the Falcons Instagram photos. Oh yeah. They got to They got to <laughs> keep people interested. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. At the end of the day, it's an entertainment industry. So let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball. And there's a lot more excitement, a lot more to look forward to there. Got to really love what Dean Pease is going to do to this defense. I mean, you can see it already with the backups that we're going to be sending pressure from all over the place. You don't know who's coming. I think we had corner, we had DBs, linebackers, and uh, defensive linemen all getting sacks, all getting sacks against the the Titans. Nobody looked like they were having more fun than the linebackers. Mm -hmm. They seem to be just having the best time. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, I said this from the get-go. Thompson, even though he wasn't as flashy as Etheridge was, you know, you could really see he was blowing people backwards. He was he was blowing people backwards. He was uh, really assignment sound, and he was just playing really good football. And I was really excited to see him from the get-go. And then Etheridge kind of came in later. So Thompson was playing more of the twos, and then Etheridge came in playing a lot more of the threes. Um, and different roles, too. Thompson was the mic. Etheridge came in more of the will back. Um, so Thompson was taking on more blockers where Etheridge had a lot more free reign and a lot more uh, free hits, which he absolutely ate up. You know, he, I think it was 13 tackles by the end of the night and he was just f- shooting through gaps and just blowing blaze up. So although Etheridge was playing awesome, Thompson PFF graded Thompson, the better player. And just because Thompson didn't have the statistics that Etheridge had doesn't make it untrue. Right. They, I mean, they both played great. Like you said, Etheridge playing against the threes and playing in a different situation really helped, but they played great. 
Hawkins, Jalen Hawkins had a great, great night from the mm-hmm. strong safety position. I mean, can't wait to see more of those A-gap blitzes where they just send guys flying up the middle and yeah. wreak havoc. I mean, Thompson, Thompson at the head of the night. I don't know if you, if you guys saw that. He came through and just lambasted the quarterback. Like, the QB was literally – horizontal with the ground he got hit so hard it was just awesome but yeah hawkins was awesome him and grant were all over the place it just the difference was it seemed like Haw- uh, hawkins was always in the right place at the right time and grant was always there all, always there but sometimes like a step behind which is expected at this point i mean he's making a big jump from mm-hmm. college to the nfl and even though these are backups it's it, they've still been playing in the nfl for a few years, a lot of these guys. and Yeah, and Hawkins got some first-team looks last year when Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen, and Casey went down. So Hawkins has some NFL starting experience, and he's someone who I've always liked. And seeing him get some reps at the strong safety position, I'm excited to see what he does. I, I really think, too, like it could be Hawkins and Grant as our two safeties in the future. Like They both look, they both look like they could be the, the answer there. It was good to see them working together too. Like when you talk about them working together in the future, because they can start to build some of that chemistry. They can, mm-hmm. like Grant will learn the position next to him, mm-hmm. which is good. And I also think too, like seeing Hawkins playing, like he's almost like the forgotten man out of last year's draft class. Like you talk about the defensive guys, you talk about you know Marlon Davidson, you talk about AJ Terrell talk about Michael Walker and all these guys like making these big steps and Hawkins is really he's had a great camp and he looked phenomenal in the game so it's just exciting to see all of these guys taking the next step yeah and I think it's easy to feel like he's the man left out when you use a second round draft pick on a new safety you bring in two veteran safeties Mm -hmm. who are accomplished so He's going to be hidden behind that. Yeah. He's just saying, guys, look at me. Like, I'm here too, and I'm competing for a job. I think we, I would not be shocked to see Hawkins get some serious playing time, if not this year, next year. So we didn't talk about the defensive line at all. And I think that's important to talk about too, because Marlon Davidson looked awesome. But you got to remember, he's playing against the twos, but he looked exactly what you would hope he would look like against the twos because he dominated. Yeah. A fantastic job by him. It's too bad he's hurt this week and we mm-hmm. can't see it again. Because if he plays like that, he's going to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Again, it's preseason, so I don't want to get, you know, he's playing against the twos. I don't want to hype him up too much. But same thing like we've said with Kyle Pitts in the past. He looks as good as advertised, and that's exactly what you're hoping for when you watch him play against a second-team offense. Yeah. And then the other guy who played really well was Ade Ogundeji. Mm-hmm. He played great. Yeah, he played pretty well. And, and you know, his his flaws are still there. Like, he's not going to be a guy who wins with his burst. He's not going to be a guy who wins with speed. He's going to win because of his strength, his determination, and his just toughness. Yeah, I don't think he's necessarily going to be a top-tier pass rusher anytime soon. But it looks like he'll be productive in whatever in that role. Yeah. He can come in, especially on rundowns. He, I mean, he was overpowering guys. And he was making his impact. So great to see from a fourth-round pick early on, especially a developmental one. Fifth-round pick. Fifth-round pick, yes. 
Yeah, and he's you know he's he's pretty much solidified himself as far as I'm concerned as a guy who is a rotational player and possibly fighting for a starting spot. I don't know if he can take that spot over Means or JTM, but I really could see him being the fourth guy in there. Yeah, that's where I see him starting for sure. But who knows by the end of the year if he can adjust and get better. He, Like we said uh, earlier this year, he continued to grow in college. Mm-hmm. Every year he got noticeably better. So if, if he can stay on that path, that's fantastic. And, yeah. And we could really see it. So, And then I also want to uh, point out, like, Sharif Miller played pretty well, too, when he got his chances in there. And he ended up with a sack also, so. Yeah, he he definitely played pretty well, and, and, and that's good to see. And then also, too, Brandon Copeland, who we is, you know, we don't talk about a ton um, because we have always talked, to him, talked about him more as an inside backer, but he's really started to take the outside linebacker role. He played, he also had a phenomenal game, so. A lot of guys on the defensive line doing playing well, including Jonathan Bullard, who we didn't talk about. Yeah, the, everybody just showed up in a way that we're not used to seeing. Mm-hmm. And I think it will be interesting in the next few weeks if we can see some of the starters come in and see see what it really looks like against the real guys. Yeah. And see if this holds up. I would assume that some of the blitzing tendencies and how we got some created some sacks that way will hold up for sure. But as to whether these players can win in one-on-ones against top-tier guys will be interesting. And, you know, this is kind of what we expected. Like, we knew going into this year that our depth at edge was pretty good. We know we had really good interior defensive linemen. And now let's just see how these outside linebacker edge players can do, like you said, starting against ones. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely have depth, like a lot of guys that can do some things, but we need some guys that really stand out because yeah. we don't have standout players. We have depth players as of the past few years. And, you know, JTM, we said this already, but JTM, Marlon Davidson stood out against twos, which is great. And hopefully, because we haven't seen Means and we haven't seen Fowler play yet, hopefully those two guys can come in and really make an impact. So another thing that we didn't mention is we talked about the cornerbacks at all. I really wanted to point out Avery Williamson. Um, he did so much better at corner than I thought he was going to do. So much better. I mean, we talked about him. He should never see the field at corner almost. And he played great. And they targeted him. Like there was a couple times they went at him like four times in a row. And he was breaking the ball up a good amount. I, I was shocked. That was one of the most shocking things for me. And I, when he does that, because we'll, we'll jump kind of into the special teams aspect a little bit now, but when him do besides him absolutely looking explosive in the return game, if him and Chris Rowland, if it was already close, Avery Williams showing up that he can play some cornerback and be a, even if not a rotational guy, but a, a a guy who can come in as a backup role. Yeah, if if they need him, he can play. And it's if, huge. If he can show that, plus he's he's this new regime's draft, he's going to win that job if it's close. Yeah, especially with wide receiver being so deep, it feels like yeah you can kind of justify not keeping Roland when the defense is a little weaker. You might need some extra players depending on how it really goes in the real season. And I I know it's pretty much assumed Patterson's going to be taking the kick return jobs, but when you look at the when you look at the returns, Avery Williams 
looked really, and I said this, he looked really explosive. 28.3 average kickoff return to Roland's 17 return. Um, and then punt return, it was close. Avery Williams had two for an average of 10. And Chris Roland only had one punt return for 12 yards. So it was close. Yeah, and it punt return is kind of hard to hard to judge because coverage matters. These guys mm. are all adjusting to even blocking for it. But, I mean, Williamson showed so much in college that I think it's hard. Even if they're about equal, I think you trust that Williamson will put it together. And like I said, when you just like just the eye, like the eye tape, like watching, it looked like Avery Williams could break one out any second. Chris Roland looked he looked good too, but just Avery Williams just looked more explosive. Yeah, Roland may just be he may suffer from the fact that Williamson's on the team and a lot of other teams he might be the top guy. And I would also like to point out on the punt unit, um, and I, we've talked about special teams a little bit through this podcast and how the import the importance of it. Richie Grant was the personal protector. Frank Darby and Avery Williams, they were the two gunners on punt. So it's just great to see because those are two guys who we said that probably could be the gunners. But we haven't seen them do it in college. But it'll be good for them and their ability to make the roster if they can provide some depth there. Not depth. If they can be a starters there or even as backups and know that they can play in those roles. Yeah, and I, I think Avery Williams is really well suited for the gunner role as long as he can tackle Mm -hmm. because that was a concern in college was he didn't always finish tackles. So, you know, if he's dedicated, I'm sure he'll be able to pick it up. And I look forward to it. I thought it was evaluation wise. I know I said we lost 23 to three, but it was a great game. Great game for just evaluating and looking at talent and seeing what we have. Yeah. Um, Defensively. Yeah. (laughs) And, and it gives us a lot of hope for the defense. Yeah. Offense it's hard like you said it's hard to judge anybody mm-hmm. until the offensive line is able to block for longer than two seconds yeah and you know defensively like can you imagine what Etheridge and Thompson look like playing in the linebacker spot and they both ran four eights I believe was their 40 now you put Deion Jones and Foye Lucan in there that's with some serious speed like they're gonna cause havoc for, yeah for offenses Deion Jones is gonna be because he's gonna be playing in that will spot that Etheridge was playing in. Mm-hmm. And if you think Etheridge is half the player that Deion Jones is, you're, you're crazy. I mean, Etheridge played well, but he's no Deion Jones. And you got to remember, too, so, like, yeah, that was twos against twos, and it'll be one. So, the tight, like, if theoretically, if you're playing the Titans, they would have better players. But Etheridge was getting, like, free shots in there. That he was yeah. getting free lanes, just running in and making tackles. Deion Jones is going to be there twice as fast as Etheridge will be. Yeah, it's going to be. It should be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that was the most fun part of the game was watching the defense, the linebackers in particular. Definitely. So talking about going forward, so on Saturday at 7, we're going to be playing. Well, first, we're, we're actually traveling today. We're recording this on Tuesday. You guys probably won't be able to hear it. Tuesday night, you guys won't be able to hear it until Thursday morning. Um, we're actually traveling, traveling to Miami right now. We're going to have a bunch of joint practices with Miami. And then Saturday night at 7, we will be playing Miami in our second preseason game. And there's a lot to look forward to. Like the offensive line actually blocking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I hope – I mean – I hope we get to see the off the first team play a little bit because we need I, – I, I would like to see a little bit more stability on the offensive line. Matt Ryan doesn't need to play. I would think he wants to play, though, somewhat, just one series. Mm-hmm. He seems like the type of guy that would like to go out there, make sure he's 
how he's feeling about things in practice is how it actually works against other people. And I don't think he needs to show a lot, but I think he wants to go out there, run the offense against somebody else, like in a stadium setting. I wouldn't surprise me at all. It wouldn't surprise me if, if they really didn't give him much of a workload and were perfectly fine if he went like five and out, like maybe yeah. one first down and out, and then, okay, sit him for the rest of the game. He won't play thing. more than two series. Right. Two series max is what I would predict. I wouldn't, don't expect him out there for a lot, and that's probably for a lot of these guys. But I am really excited if they do if they do play. I can't wait to see what Ridley looks like against like a Xavier Howard, and just see that matchup and see how good Ridley is because everyone's saying in camp Ridley's better than he was last year. Yeah, and the Dolphins have probably the best corner tandem in the NFL. If not, it's definitely top five if it's not number one. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Maybe the Broncos are up there, mm. but I don't even know who else would be in contention. So, so if, if the receivers can get open against them, stuff's working. Yeah, for sure. And I'm also excited, like, if we see Pitts at all out there, just to see how he's utilized in the passing game and the run game and just for, like, creating mismatches and those kinds of things. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how a defense tries matching up with him because the Dolphins will have a few joint practices mm-hmm. with the Falcons, so they'll have some ideas – about who they want to line up against him, and we'll see if whether they put safety or linebacker, like what what they're thinking is going to be the best solution. Yeah, how can you stop Pets if he plays? We have no clue. Like Arthur Smith has been very very quiet on you know what his plans are. He's been quiet even when you look at the depth chart; it's all wacky. They he, updated it. <laughs> yeah, they updated it. So they updated it today, and all they did was kept they kept it exactly the same, and then just took out the players who got cut. So yep. not helpful at all. Not helpful at all. I'm also really excited to see Olison's debut. And I know we talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but I'm excited to see this new explosive player that I've heard about so much in the off season and um, what I've seen in practice, but it's very different in practice when you're just thudding people up and able to keep running versus actual live tackling in a game. Yeah. And, you know, I think this run scheme is well suited for him. So It'll be interesting to see if if that's true and and if he's able to hit the holes correctly and and really show off. And but we got to talk about the left guard spot because even if the offense gets first team reps, if the left guard, whoever that is, whether it be Mayfield, whether it be Newsaway, whether it be Josh Andrews, which I hope it's not, we got to see an improvement there because well, like when we've talked about this before, if you have one week link, the whole offensive line is almost ruined because you can put your best player in front of that player and just torch them. Also, if you have one player who's weaker there, playing with other higher caliber players will make you look better. So hopefully whoever that is at left guard improves with the addition of all of our other starters. I really hope it's not Josh Andrews, like you said, because yeah. the last thing we need is... Matt Ryan going to hand off the ball and just getting drilled because Andrews missed his first step. And that's what happened the last two years. It was, a, it was like rotating through players, trying to figure out who's the left guard. Was it James Carpenter? Is it Josh Brown? And neither of them could do it. And I just don't want to see that happen again. So if we cannot figure out the left guard spot, and if it's not Jalen Mayfield, then we need to go sign somebody. So offensively, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to just seeing it and seeing the like I said the matchups the motions the just how the first team offense clicks the other thing that would be nice to see is can the quarterbacks complete some passes and Mm. actually play some offense so we can actually judge AJ and Felipe in a better way 
Yeah, the quarterback competition and just seeing, you know. Because I'll tell you right now, if we can't get the offensive line figured out, you might as well keep Felipe Franks because A.J. McCarron's not going to be able to get away and make the plays that Felipe can, even if he's a better quarterback. Yeah, but that's it's just kind of a scary situation <laughs> to have Felipe be the backup because he, like, he did show some good things, but he's nowhere near ready to run a team. And I'm, I'm looking forward, too, to seeing more of Huntley and Hawkins and just seeing how – how they look, hopefully, with an improved offensive line. Yeah, I mean, they didn't do too bad, mm. considering how bad the line was. Yeah. Especially, I I liked Huntley. He ran with determination. Yeah. And you, you have to think if the blocking is a little better, he looks a lot better. Yeah, and same thing with Hawkins. Like, Hawkins isn't that kind of player. He needs some more space to work with. The offensive line wasn't giving him any space, and he wasn't getting targeted in the pass game. I'm hoping... Atlanta goes out and really designs some things up for him so we can see a little bit more of that explosiveness we've heard about. Yeah, I would think they would. I can't I can't imagine Arthur Smith was happy with how they used him. You don't dra- you don't pick mm-hmm. up somebody like that, give him lots of reps in practice to just not use him the right way. And then defensively, you know, I can't wait to see the inside linebacker competition. I want to see Thompson, Etheridge, I want to see those guys going at it. You know, Michael Walker, obviously, and our two studs in Foyer and Dion. I mean, I can't wait to watch them flying around in this defense. I, I want to see exactly what we saw last week. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, was. like, 23-3 to three doesn't feel like anything went right, mm-hmm. but the defense played great. Yeah. They gave up some points, but that'll happen. And, you know, they only gave up one touchdown, and then Marcus Murray had the roughing the kicker, and – then all of a sudden it's two and we're up twenty up to twenty three. They played exceptionally well. Um, I'm I'm also excited to see this D line and edge rotation. Um, I'm excited to see Zach Daw get a little bit more attention and see what he can or can't do, as well as you know Sharif Miller and some of these other edge guys. Yeah, we want to see if they can do it week in week out, mm-hmm. not just one week here, one week there. Kind of what we're accustomed to seeing from everybody in the past. And we didn't talk yet about the DBs, but I'm excited, you know, to see our our rookie DBs. Richie Grant continuing to play well. Maybe he makes the next step. So he's not only not only is he everywhere, but he's also able to make a lot more plays because he isn't a step behind because he's played some games. Darren Hall was quiet in the first preseason game, which isn't a bad thing for a cornerback. Yeah, it's definitely not bad. But I was hoping I have high hopes for him, so I was hoping for a little more more yeah. pop. Yeah. Maybe a. Uh, interception or if you're not really tar- if you're if you're not really targeted as a cornerback that's a good thing and, and I'm and I want to see Avery Williams I want to see what he can do and if he can continue playing well in coverage and also what he can do as a returner you know the battle between him and Roland it's exciting and I want to see Avery just kind of pull away with that yeah I think it comes down to we want to see a lot more from the offense or want to see the offensive line step up and be able to let the offense actually run correctly so that we can evaluate the skill players and the quarterbacks in a better way. And the defense, we just want to see consistency. We want to see just the exact same thing. Can, mm. If they can do it week in, week out, that's fantastic. It's something we're not accustomed to in Atlanta. It's very rare that you watch a fa- uh, Atlanta game and you say, wow, the offense played horrible and the defense played amazing. So hopefully the offense can pick, up it, up, pick it up and the defense can kind of maintain where they're at. 
So with that, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Jeff for joining me today. Uh, We talked about the Titans game. We talked about some Falcons news and what we're looking forward to in our second preseason game against uh, the Miami Dolphins. Again, this is Thon Ray. You guys can follow us at Falcons underscore drip on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do to get the alert for our next episode. If you guys enjoyed today, please leave us a review. It always helps us grow. Until then, see you next time. Rise up. Rise up.